If you please turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. We're going to be looking at chapter 10 this evening. And if you use the Pew Bible, it's found on page 534. And we're continuing this evening service series in the book of Proverbs. And each sermon will look at a subsequent chapter. So it's been a couple of months since I've preached, but I had to go look back at my notes. The last chapter I looked at was chapter 9, so we are in chapter 10. And I selected the book of Proverbs for a few reasons. One is, in Proverbs, I can look at one or two verses or a theme, and I can keep my sermons short. One of the problems I ran into in the evening service, and, and all of us who were preaching in the evening ran into it, is we started preaching sermons the length that we would in, in the morning service. And the original purpose of this was to have a short, a, a homily, not to do a 30-minute sermon, but to keep it around 15 minutes. So it made it a lot easier if I was looking at Proverbs. Also, another thing about Proverbs is because it is, because it is diverse, it's eclectic, um, each sermon would stand alone. We don't have to worry about, what did he preach on a month ago and talk about that? You don't have to remember that as, as I would go in the morning uh, verse by verse. So we don't need to do that. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 10. And this, this is, again, another one of these diverse chapters. As, you, as you're reading through it, it seems like there's a whole bunch of different random commands given. Uh, earlier in, in Proverbs, in the, in the earlier chapters, it was much more unified. So you could preach on a, on a whole chapter because it had one unified theme, but you don't see that as we get in these later chapters. But as I, as I was uh, reading and studying and, and, and praying about this chapter, preparing to preach, I noticed several repeating themes. There were several themes that were repeated in this, uh, in this chapter. And one of them that, that really struck me is I noticed a repetition of certain words, certain words like relating to speech, uh, such as lips or mouth or, or tongue or babbling and so forth. And I looked at it and I said, oh, that, that's a theme. So as I was going through it, I said, what, 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 is this, what is this telling us? So what we're going to do is we're going to focus on these verses relating to speech. And I'm not going to read through the whole chapter. I'm going to read actually through verses four through, or 6 through 14, 18 through 21, and 31 to 32. But as I read through this, I want you to pay particular attention to words related to speech. So Proverbs chapter 10, verses 6 through 14. Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The memory of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his way crooked will be found out. Whoever winks the eye causes trouble, and a babbling fool will come to ruin. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. On the lips of him who has understanding, wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool brings ruin near. Verses 18 through 21. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is of little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. 
in verses 31 to 32. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudence. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is of little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. Let's pray. Lord, I do thank you for these Proverbs. And Lord, we do pray as we look at a few of these this evening. I pray, Father, for uh, you to give us insight, uh, you to speak to us, uh, you to help us to understand just how important our words are and how our words reveal much about the state of our soul, uh, whether it is good or whether it is bad. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to choose our words wisely, but even more important than that, to to have a a pure heart, a heart that loves you, a heart that is not full of deceit, that is not full of violence, but is full of uh, your word, is full of your love, and and is a blessing, is a fountain of life to those around us. Lord, I pray as always that your Holy Spirit will inspire my words. I pray that your Holy Spirit will open our hearts uh, to have an encounter with you, and you will use this time to to grow each one of us and to uh, to make us more like your son. And Lord, we do pray that he will be pleased and he will be glorified by this time. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think that the reason why Scripture and, and uh, Proverbs make, uh, places such an emphasis on speech and, and poetic expressions of speech, such as we saw in, in these readings, such as lips and mouth and tongue and babbling and so forth, is that speech gives us really a direct indication of the state of our hearts. Our speech is really a window into our soul. And this is both positive and this is negative. Jesus said in, in Matthew fifteen eleven, he said, It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. So basically what he means is it's not the food that we eat that causes us to be defiled. And this is especially true now in the New Testament period. We, we heard Nathan reading all those very precise laws that they had about sacrifices. Well, there were just as precise laws concerning what you could eat, what was clean, what was unclean. But as we know from the book of Acts, Peter has the vision of the, of the, uh, of the sheet coming down filled with all these unclean animals. And Jesus commands him to take up and eat. And what we see here is that there is no longer, there is no longer clean and unclean. What, what God has made clean, we are not to call unclean. And this was a, this was a, a, a prediction or, or, or showing that the Gentiles who are considered unclean are now part of God's people. So this is not saying that what you eat makes defiles you. And Jesus, uh, it really... Uh, Knowing that this is the way redemptive history is going, he, he tells us about what goes into a man does not defile, but what comes out of his mouth. So what he's talking about, what comes out of our mouth, is our words. And our words are a reflection of the condition of our hearts. And this condition of our hearts, uh, as revealed by these words, this is what defiles a man. So this evening, what we're going to do is we're, we're just going to go briefly. This is going to be a relatively short sermon. And we're going to look at a few of these Proverbs, and we're going to see specifically what our speech shows us about the condition of our souls. And we're going to look at this window into our souls. So let's start with, with verse 6. Verse 6 says, The mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Well, the first thing we see here in the speech of the wicked is the speech of the wicked is deceptive. It's deceptive. 
See, the purpose of the speech is not to inform, is not to encourage, is not to instruct, but rather the instruction of the wicked, the words of the wicked, is intended to deceive. It is intended to conceal what is truly in their heart. And what is here is the violence that's in their heart. See, the true intention of the wicked heart is violence. It's not peace. It's not to build someone up. It's not to, to be in accordance with God's plan. It is violence. Now, thankfully, thankfully, God, through his common grace, he's, he's, he's placed a check on the violence of the wicked. See, their, their wicked schemes, they cannot, for the most part, be propagated in the open. And because of this, evil must still, even as bad as our, our society has become, evil still must lurk in the shadows. It must work in secret. And this is why, this is the reason why deception is the primary means of speech for the wicked. It has to, it, it, they can't come out and say what they want to say. So they have to, they have to hide it. They have to pretend that they are saying something that is good when they really have evil intentions. <clears throat> and think about it. The godly will speak clearly. They will say what they mean. Their words will be straightforward. They will be easy to understand. But that's not what we see with the wicked. In the wicked, we see confusion. We see an equivocation, saying one thing but defining it differently. We see concealment. They, they won't give all the information that's necessary. We see double speak. They'll be speaking out of both sides of their mouth. And these are all tactics that are intended to deceive. They deceive the unexpected of the true motives of the wicked. So they want you to think they're saying one thing, but in reality they mean something completely different. They conceal their evil intentions. They conceal the violence that is in their hearts. And my friends, deception has no place among the righteous. We are not to act this way. We are to say what we mean and mean what we say. Nothing different. Our yes must be yes and our no must be no. The scripture tells us anything else comes from the evil one. Now, I want, to, I want to give a caveat. I want to say what I'm not saying here. I'm not, I'm not talking about deception that is for fun, that is, that is for a pure motive. You know, what we would call a white lie, such as you're having a surprise party. And if, if, if you're having a surprise party for your spouse and your spouse asks what you're doing, yeah, you can lie to them. You're not going to run and ruin the supply, surprise. That's not sinful. That is, that is meant to increase the joy of the surprise. It also doesn't mean that when you show tact and showing an opinion, if someone tells you, you know, if you, don't, if you don't love the dress that someone's wearing, it's not deceptive to kind of give a general answer rather than say, I hate that dress. I don't want you to see that. This is innocent. This is, this is not evil. But that's not the case of the wicked. For the wicked, the deception is, is for the purpose of propagating their evil, uh, for, for the purpose of deceiving. See, the deception of the wicked really should not be mentioned among the righteous. If, if we're Christians, we should not act this way. Now, sadly... Sadly, we see this deception all over our society. I mean, just think about all over our society, we see deception all the time. And sadly, we even see it in the church. We even see it among Christians. We see people saying they're going to do something and that they don't do. We see lack of integrity, lack of truthfulness, even among Christians. And my friends, when we do this, and we, we all do this, when we do this, we dishonor the God we propose that we're, that we're singing praises to Right? If we're singing praise to God, but, but we're actually act, acting deceptively and underhandedly with others, we're actually blaspheming the God of truth, who we say, who we claim to praise. And sadly, we see this all, far too often. Sadly, many of us do this far too often. Moving on, let's, let's look at verse 8. It says, The wise of heart will receive commandments, 
but a babbling fool will come to ruin. See, this verse here contrasts the teachability, the teachable heart we see of the wise that receives God's commandments and instructions, and it contrasts this with, the, with a babbling fool who displays their utter foolishness by babbling, by, by meanle- meaningless and trivial words, rather than listening, rather than listening to God's wisdom and, and, and receiving the instruction. See, the fool basically seeks to proclaim his own ignorance rather than listening and being instructed. See, the wise will listen. The wise will learn. The wise will thus become more wise. But this is not the case of the fool. See, the fool loves to, to hear their voice, loves to, to, to express their empty opinions. And doesn't this sound familiar? I mean, think about social media. Think about talk radio. Think about presidential politics. It's all fools flouting their empty opinions. They're not listening. They're not becoming wise. And this lack of listening not only fails to give them the information where where they could learn and be wise, the babbling and the many words confirms the ignorance. As the verse says, it will lead to their own ruin. So when many words are are carelessly spoken, there is the strong possibility that you're going to say something that you will regret, that you will later regret, something that will bring you harm. I remember years ago when I was working in manufacturing, we would often deal with auditors and inspectors. And, and the managers, they would, they would always tell us, you, you answer the question truthfully, but you don't volunteer information. You see, the, the auditors and the inspectors, they would always try to ask questions and get you speaking. Because the more you talk, the more likely you are to trip yourself up, the more likely you are to, to open a can of worms and uncover problems. I mean, think about it. We've all seen television shows about cop shows. And remember when they arrest the, 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 the suspect, they give him his Miranda rights. Remember that? You, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. See, because when people speak, they are going to incriminate themselves. They're going to say something that they will later regret. Now, babbling and, and speaking many words, it, it may make us feel important, but God's word tells us that it can lead to our own harm. Let's move on. Look at, look at verse 10. It says, whoever winks the eye causes trouble, and a babbling fool will come to a ruin. See, winking the eye here, this is another form of deceit. See, basically what winking the eye is, 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 is you're, you're conspiring with someone. You're, you're talking to someone, but you're kind of winking the eye. You want them to know that you don't really mean what you're saying. And it's, it's really an attempt to deceive. You're saying, this is what I have to say, but really this is not what I mean. And, and, and you see that there's, there's this, there's this, this uh, camaraderie that is, that is built by this conspiracy. You know, we're on in the end, but there's someone else that we are, we are fooling. But again, just like uh, we saw in verse 8, the babbling fool will come to ruin. See, the schemes of the wicked will fail due to them saying too much. They will naturally doom to backfire because, because they're wicked, and what they naturally are will eventually come out at some point. If we are wicked, it will come out. It, it, it's been often said that... Uh, Honesty is the best policy because you have to have such a great memory if, you're gonna, if you have lies. You have to remember, oh, what did I say to this? What did I say to this person? And you're always going to get yourself in trouble. Look, that's usually the theme of most uh, sitcoms. It's some type of deception, and the deception comes out in a humorous way. But often what it does is it backfires on the wicked. So the deceit will become evident in the many words of the wicked. And again, what, we, what we're seeing here through the many words is the true state of their heart being exposed by the words, by the, by the babbling of the fool. In this way, the words are a window into our souls, into the state of our soul. <clears throat> now, 
None of us are the Lord. We, we cannot see another person's heart. But by their words, their words provide this window into the soul. And this is how we recognize another person's heart. And how our hearts are exposed you know, by our words. If, if we keep quiet, you're not going to hear it. But by our words, our empty, meaningless words will expose the evil that's in our hearts. And this is not just evil. This works both ways. Our words both show our righteousness or they show our wickedness. And this fact is cleanly, uh, clearly seen in the next verse, in verse 11. It says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. See, the words spoken by the righteous, they are a fountain of life. They bring life. These are words that bring encouragement to other people. They bring knowledge. They instruct. They give wisdom. They provide goodness and godliness. In fact, for the godly, for, for the righteous, what they're doing is they're imitating our Lord. The Lord's words bring light, life. Like, let there be life. Let there be light. God literally speaks the world into creation through his words. Now contrast this with the, with, with the, contrasting with the righteous, the words of the wicked are full of deceit. They're full of evil, evil motives. They conceal deception. They conceal violence. They conceal evil intentions. And likewise, the wicked imitate their father. They imitate the devil who is a liar and a murderer. And we see this con- contrast between the words of the righteous and the words of the wicked in verses 13 and 14. It says, on the lips of him who has understanding, wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. See, the wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool brings ruin near. And these two verses, what they do is they show us how the the words of the righteous or, or those who have understanding is a blessing really to all those around them. See, they, they impart wisdom on those around them. This is, this is contrasted with the fool. See, the fool's words not only bring ruin to themselves, but they bring ruin to anyone who is near them or ruin on those around them. See, the words of the fool cause collateral damage. They not only hurt themselves, but they hurt anyone who is near them. They will hurt their families. They will hurt their friends. They will hurt their church. And if they're Christians, these words, these careless words, will bring dishonor on their Lord. And this makes sense, doesn't it? Because wickedness is contagious. We tend to either be brought up or or dragged down by those who we keep company with. Now, we just looked at a few of these Proverbs, but basically the bottom line is that our words are a window to our soul. They expose what is inside, both good and bad. And I think each one of us, we need to look at our words. We need to, to consider our words. We need to ask ourselves, what does my speech say about the condition of my heart? We need to practice control over our tongues. But most importantly, I think what we need to do is make sure that our hearts are clean in the first place. I heard a great illustration of this given in a sermon, and the, and the pastor took up a, a water bottle. And he took his water bottle, and this is my water bottle, there's water in here, and he took the top off. If I take the top off and I shake this now, what's going to come out? Water is going to, because that's what's in it. If it, had, if it had chocolate milk in here, chocolate milk would come out. If it had coffee in here, coffee would come out. And it's the same thing with our souls. If our souls have evil in them, when we speak, it's just like getting shaken up. What's going to come out? The evil in our hearts. But if our hearts are filled with life, it's filled with love, filled with godliness, when we speak, that is what's going to come up. So how do we do this? How, how, how do we do this? 
Well, I think it, it, it comes to the focus on our minds. And, and, and I want to end with, with Paul's words from Philippians 4. And I thought of this because this is what Jack spoke to the Anchorage in, uh, on Thursday. So when I was going through this sermon, I said, I think I'm going to steal some of Jack's thunder from, what his, from his sermon. But this is really the way that we change our hearts is by what we focus on. So just listen, listen to these, uh, these words from Paul. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. See, that's the thing. What we focus our minds on will be what our hearts will have and, and what will come out. But if we're focusing on things of this world, if we're focusing on things that, that uh, God hates, that makes God weep, our words are going to come up as the fool. Our, our babbling words are going to reveal a, a, a depraved heart. But if we're focusing on whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is true, whatever is commendable, whatever is excellence, then we're going to speak the words of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do admit that our hearts are not what they should be, and our words often betray this fact that our words are not what they should be. And I pray for each one of us here, Lord, that you will change our hearts, that our hearts will focus on you, will focus whatever, on whatever is just, whatever is lovely, whatever is true. And then our words will naturally, naturally flow the words that, that are honoring to you, that build others up, that instruct others, that bring wisdom, that bring life. Protect us from focusing on what is unrighteous and that will bring death and that will hurt others and that will conceal violence. May we never be those who, who, may we never be those who, who are deceptive with others, but always speak the truth. We pray this all in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.